Welcome to Offstage uh, with Greg and RD. I am Greg Pinkner, teaching pastor at Fellowship Church Middlebrook. I'm Marty McLennigan, and I lead the young adult ministry here at Fellowship Middlebrook and serve on the teaching team underneath Sir Greg. <laughs> That's Lord Greg. I always get it wrong. <laughs> That's His Holiness. His Holiness, Greg. I'm recording this, kissing Greg's ring. As we speak. As it happens. But go on, Greg. You know, it's fall in East Tennessee. We are in Knoxville, Tennessee, in case you didn't know. And because we are in the South, it is football country. And As it should be. As it should be. And, uh, you know, I want, we wanted to pose a question to the listener and then try to engage some, some ways the culture thinks about God that we want to push into. And the question is, does God care about football? Yes. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> Why would anybody think and that he Thank you for listening today to Offstage. <laughs> Our sponsors are the NFL. The <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. You know, it's a serious question, though, because uh, you can talk to people and they'll say, athletes or so will say, well, God wanted us to win. And then you'll immediately see people commenting going, God does not care about a football game. Yes. He doesn't care about that. He's got way too much on his mind. And, you know, for some people listening, immediately they're going to hear football and they're just going to go, okay, I'm out. (laughs) Um, But we really would rather, you know, try to get to, does God care about everything in our lives, even the things that some people would consider trivial? Yes. Right? Yes. He does. <laughs> I believe that he does. And, right. you know, there is, I think we'll talk about this more in another episode on, on, um, faith and work, but I think there can be this dichotomy between your spiritual life and then the non-spiritual things. And sports can sometimes be things which are seen as lesser than, or, you know, whatever it might be. But I think for us, it is, does, does God care about sports? Yes. Does he care about football? And for me, I love football, but I also love soccer and tennis. Does God care about that? He doesn't well, care about soccer he does. it's communist. <laughs> In the world's most popular sport, but it's fine. We'll continue. Like I he, like, I save your emails. I like soccer. He, yeah, so you do like soccer. That's true. We watched the women's national team. In the big screen over here. We did. We watched well, the worship England. center, but don't tell anybody that. No, that did not happen. <laughs> but next World Cup, we'll see you there. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, yes, God does care about that. Now, I think another question is when you are praying to God how, right. for your team to win. You know, and I think, honestly, on one hand, you know, Greg, there is a sense in which it can be like, well, God is not going to pick sides, you know, what is it, football or these things, they don't matter. But on the other hand, like there, there is a sense in which sports and football, soccer, tennis, these actually are people's lives. Like they right. do employ a lot of people. Like the University of Tennessee, the football program, like has people that have their jobs. And right. it does matter a ton. This is their whole world. Like right. for us as fans, it is maybe yay or nay, but for some people, this is their life. Right. And so to what degree does that integrate to our theology of how we understand sports, how much God cares about it looks different than maybe we think of it as just fans. Right. God's indifferent to. Right. Exactly. You know, there's the aspect of football or art or music or uh, whatever it is that other people might look at as being trivial. You know, like if you're saying, I don't care about football at all, but my poetry is everything. Yes. You know, great. 
um, you know, Q, uh, Q guy going, if your poetry is so good, 100,000 people will get in the stadium to watch it, you know. A <laughs> uh, poetry guy would definitely talk like that. Poetry guy. That is how they all talk, 100%. he or she. <laughs> but, you know, I want to push a little bit further into it because we can say, um, well, God cares about the people, so God cares about the sport. That is totally, absolutely true. But there's another level that I think we we both want to challenge people into thinking about it is – when people make these assumptions, they go, God does not care about your football game or he does not care about who wins that award. or who. He's got way more important things on his mind. Mm. And that, to me, is is one of the things I want to push the most hard against yeah. because, and here's, here's the important thing, I think, um, for people uh, listening to this episode, is there are, God has no limits, when we say that, we're putting a limit on God's energy and attention span and his ability to be engaged. Man, God has got to worry about the Middle East. He's got to worry about, you know, yes. children who are sick. Yeah. He doesn't have time to worry about fourth and five, you know. Yeah. But God has no limits. Yeah. He has no limits. He mm-hmm. infinitely cares about every single detail in the universe. That's why Jesus could boldly say every hair on your head is counted. Yeah. I I think that is something that is, I mean, is counterintuitive, you know, but you have to have a theology of God that says everything is God's. Right. Not, not just the things that we deem most important. All, all of it's God. I mean, from meals that you eat together, uh, to sports that you play, to art, to poetry, to, being a parent. I mean, all of that is under God's, you know, authority. And so I think it is so helpful and even life-giving and freeing to say that, you know, and and also just to push against to say, hey, only church things are things that God ultimately cares about. Right. Right. That's sometimes the huge dichotomy. I was saying earlier is there's spiritual church things and there's the secular things. Right. And God really cares about these things and being a pastor and writing Christian books or a Christian sports team, right? right? If they have more Christians on their team, then God is really, he is. God loves them. He cares now. Right. And yet that Christian team maybe gets beat a lot. And then you're like, what is going on? What's going on? They are false, you know, or something. And you're like, that is not how God is like, that's not how it operates. But we do have this dichotomy between that where God does not. Like there's not this secular spiritual divide in the Bible that says these are the things that God really cares about Sunday or whatever it is. And then the rest of the week only is in service to that. Right. Yeah. That's not how it works. Right. And, you know, you were talking about if you're praying for your team to win. Yeah. You know, you can get skewed on this. Sure. And so, you know, here's the thing I would say. If you are looking at a sports fan who's going, please, Lord, let this field goal go in. Please let my shot go down. Please let us win. That's not wrong. When Jesus says, bring everything no, it's to not wrong. your Father, yeah. that's not wrong. No. But I would say, here's wrong. what I would say. If you've prayed harder for a field goal than you ever have for the redemption and restoration of someone else. He went there. <laughs> or something else, then you have, you, you're the one with the mixed up priorities. <laughs> that, if your fantasy football team, or all seven of them, <laughs> it, <laughs> I've said it now, Greg. <laughs> All seven of them are utmost in your affections. You may not love Jesus to the degree that you think you do. <laughs> and I'll just leave that there for those. Listen, I don't think you understand what God did to me when Andrew Luck retired. 
I don't think you see the suffering. Okay. Just calm down there. He was on OJ Simpson's team, but we'll leave that there. <laughs> so was Antonio Brown. <laughs> okay. You, we'll move on for the second <laughs> talk. You know, <laughs> iambic pentameter is really the way to go. That, uh, <laughs> this may be our most ridiculous episode yet. <laughs> I, you know, on the, um, I think when we think about those things, you know, Greg, you think of sports and when I grew up playing sports, loves like I love sports and love, you know, playing sports. And I think it's healthy to be involved and engaged in sports at some level. I think it's a great thing to learn, to be involved, to be a fan. It's like, it's not wrong. You don't have to not love Jesus to be a fan of something, you know? And especially if you're a long suffering fan, like we are at Tennessee, we I'm are long suffering. I'm not going there. You did that. <laughs> distance, distance. <laughs> For the football team that we love, but it, it really does. It is does some really amazing things to you to be a fan of a sports team. And so I love that. But I agree with you. If you are sold out to the success of a sport, if the success of 20-year-old boys makes or breaks you, that is not healthy. And that is not right. And so yes to caring, yes to being involved, no to becoming an idol where it is your life. You know, if you're a fan of it, you know, and I think that's where you have to just say, how much am I letting these things that I'm passionate about, that I care about, that I am involved with, are they overtaking my affection for God and for what he's calling me to in unhealthy ways? Right. You know, there's the, the dual nature of who God is and who we are, are going to constantly rub against each other. Yes. And we constantly want to be seeding ground to who God is, because that is ultimately how we're going to find out who we are, Yep. right? So um, when we start saying, you know what? God does care yep. about this minutia of human culture that other people would find utterly ridiculous, Yep. but I can find God there, and I can find him there mm. because he deeply cares about these things. Yep. But... Um, but then when my when I begin to push my agenda into those yeah. things, that's where it always goes wrong. Like, yes. right, the artist who is sacrificing for their art to the point of the destruction of their relationships, mm. not let alone the society they live in. Yeah. Right? I'm going to push the norms of this society so it will ultimately collapse. Yes. Um, y- y- like, you can't. Yeah. Look at that person and say, well, that's a noble pursuit against somebody playing a game. You know, God is in the middle of every single thing. Mm. And trying to find him there is ultimately going to end, no matter where what, what your thing is, yeah. fly fishing, woodworking, whatever it is, it's ultimately going to, like every other place in our life, run into a battle over the assertion of God's way or my way. Yeah. And I think especially when... You know, as I think of even explaining this out to your, not just uh, sports or, but hobbies, things that you love doing, are you doing those? Because, I mean, God's given us passions and unique desires for, for things, you know, things that we follow that maybe some people would be like, that is so weird, but we just love it and we'll always love it. And it's not wrong to love it uh, if it's fly fishing. You know, I I do follow a lot of sports and... Like, I love that and reading about them and some that most people would be like that. I don't even understand why, but I love it. I feel like God's given me a passion for that and and different things, you know, like I love 
reading film reviews of a film, you right. know, like I just love that. And I think that often make those even reviews can make me, you know, think of ways in which God is working in that. But I, I think that like that is something to be celebrated. And again, not something to say, well, how does that fit within, you know, what God wants for us in our life? Like it comes down to no matter what you're doing, am I doing this in pursuit of God or in pursuit of myself? And you can do church and all of those things in pursuit of yourself, right? And you right. can pursue a, even just thinking of, for those that are listening, maybe you're thinking of what career should I pick? Should I get this question a lot? Should I be a pastor because I really love Jesus? Or should I go and do investment banking? Right, because every I really movie, love my- every movie ever made about investment banking, the person ends up leaving to go to a small town and find themselves. <laughs> <clears throat> right? True. Everyone. And yet, does, everyone does Jesus need... People that love that love him in investment banking. Yes, he does. And is there anything wrong with making money? No, there's not necessarily at all, right? But it is kind of like, well, but we really know if you really love Jesus, hobbies are not great. You know, um, vacations that aren't mission trips, those should be poo-pooed. And that. if you're pursuing something that can make more than this amount of money, you need to check your heart. Right. And I think I love what we're saying and is saying that those aren't necessarily true. What's our paradigm for what a flourishing, healthy life is? Right. Is different than I think sometimes maybe we've heard from certain churches or certain books about what a Christian life is. Right. So, you know, to put this to the test for the listener, right? So I want to put you in a thought trap. So I'm clearly telling you this is a trap. But if you're listening to this, ask yourself this question. Does God care more about relationships than he does about football? Every person's going, yeah, well, of course he does. Yeah, those are more. Yeah. No, stop. You're limiting God. That's what we're trying to say. Yes. God infinitely cares about the fifth electron of the four billionth carbon molecule in the leather of the laces of the football. Hmm as he does about your relationship. Mm-hmm. Like he has infinite capacity, but he's also infinitely caring about your relationships. Yeah, Like I'll, we want you to have a bigger vision of God, a bigger vision of the scope of what he is and can be doing in your life. Yes. Um, but also try to pull away some of the shackles that a more restrictive notion of the secular sacred divide that has kind of eked, eked into the church and how it kind of played itself out. Yeah. You know, we are, uh, we're recording this episode and, uh, right after this episode, we're going to record one about work Yeah, and you're going to hear a lot of these themes replayed out. But that notion of this is what's important. This is what's not important. Those things do matter because there are things that are more important, right? But those things are more important usually from our perspective, Yes. Not from God's necessarily. Now, what I mean by that is your your relationship to your spouse is more important to God than football for you in one sense because so much of your heart is going to be revealed in that marriage. Yep. So, see, there's all these different lenses we have to use about it. Yeah. We have to say, man, my relationship to my church and to other believers and how yeah. I'm trying to walk out my discipleship to Jesus and the person I'm trying to evangelize, those are huge things in my life. 
because they're part of the story of what God is doing redemptively in my life. Yes. But also a part of my story of my life is sitting down and watching football with people. Yes. And there's no shame in that, Greg, in watching the University of Texas. <laughs> well, sometimes there we is. We're back, hopefully. Well, let's not say that. This year, yeah. Let's not say that. I <laughs> I do. I think this is, you know, I would imagine for people listening, most people are probably just thinking like this is different. Like this is different because it flies in the face of just this natural sense of not that we maybe thought we were limiting God, but that we have been because we put God honestly in a box. It says he really cares about these things. Other things humans care about because humans made them, which is not true because God gives people vision to start these things, build these things. And it, and it does limit God. And I think it limits our ability to love God and appreciate the diversity of God and the right. diversity of people that God has made who are pursuing all kinds of things. And whether it's a job or a hobby or a second career or whatever it is, you know, even, I mean, there are, you know, things that we don't, I mean, there are things at, you know, in outer space, in the cosmos, in the ocean that we don't even know about that glorify and honor God. And we may never even find out about them. Right. Right. Because they're not built ultimately for us. Right. God has weaved the world in such a way that things that we may never even discover exist only for his pleasure and his glory. And he cares about those things. Right. right? So things we can't even, we don't even know to think about are there. And God cares about them. Right. Much less things we can think about. And so I do think it is not helpful to try and rate these things and rank these things. Right. You know? And yet at the same time, for us personally, our kids, our spouses, you know, our involvement in making disciples, those things weight differently because of how they impact our life and our following Christ. Right. But submit it again to what has God given to you in your life? What's the path he has for you and living in that and not feeling guilty about, right. about that because right. you feel like it's not Christian enough. Exactly. And so the flip side of this and the hammer that probably everybody's waiting to fall is, well, what God is also not saying is that you can abandon the morality he's called you to for what you're into. Right. Yes. Because the expression of his character is what we're trying to get to here. Yes. Good point. So if you are saying, you know, I love this, God is not ashamed of me to love this. He wants me to enjoy it. He cares about it infinitely. You're right. But if X, whatever that is, is pulling you into immorality in any way, then God does not love it. Yes. Then God does not love that part of it. You don't get to pursue your passions to the point of sin ever. Not in marriage, not in parenting, not in work, not in anything. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think God definitely calls us to be live a passionate life and to pursue things with passion, but always submit it to him and always submit it to his will. I think we've, we've said on several episodes now, really, this it is living underneath God's authority and for God's glory, or you're not. And especially when you're pursuing Things that you things that you love and things that that you, God has even given you, but there's a way in which you can pursue them or do them, or they can become something you never intended for them to become that doesn't honor God. Right. And you can't just say, "Well, I love this," or "This is time I need to spend doing this," when it is totally out of bounds for everything else in your life. Which again is, are the things that you're bringing into your life and pursuing with your life making you more like Christ or less like Him? Right. And so, and it may not even be where, 
if I, you know, I am reading film reviews, you know, in that moment, do I necessarily feel closer to Christ? Well, no, not necessarily. Like in the way I would when I read scripture. Right. But at the same time, it's something that I really enjoy. Right. And I just love, I love it. And the way in which I even experience God in that is a beautiful thing. And so I don't have to compartmentalize him. Now, if I come home from work and I say, hey, babe, kids look great. I'm sure it was an easy day with them. I'm just going to read film reviews and play FIFA. You dominate Because these today. are my passions. You dominate today, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah, I don't need you, me, to help you because you're so capable. Right. I'm going to do this thing because God's given me a passion for them. Right. That would not be any way what we're saying. I think you know what we're you know we're not saying that, but that's the extreme example of things that are okay within moderation because you do love them. Right. Right. There's something you know, wrong with that. You know, to merge this conversation, there's a movie called Chariots of Fire. Yep. And uh, if you've never seen Chariots of Fire, I would recommend you watch it if you can deal with the '80s synth pop. Uh, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> exactly. Bum, 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 you know, orchestration. Bum. I guess not even orchestration. I got you right now. Dude, playing. Doing this. Yeah, never mind. You don't need to watch it. Just people on a beach. Are these guys running? Well, the story is of a man uh, who wants to be a missionary to China. Yep. And he knows that's what he's called to. And he knows that's what it's supposed to do. But he also happens to be one of the fastest men in the world. Yep. And uh, he wants to run in the Olympics. And this is a true story. Yes. Uh, it's based on a true story. And uh, the story is about him having to deal with this question. Because people are going, why aren't you in China? You know you're supposed to be missionary. You know you're supposed to be in China. Yep. Why are you not there? Um, and at one point in the movie, I believe it's his sister, that he's kind of gotten into another discussion with. And he tells her, uh, God made me for China. Yep. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Yep. Man, that's what we would hope for you. Yeah. That you can pursue these passions and things you love to the depth of them and feel his pleasure. Also know that he is right there with you. Yes. Right there with you. But that he's also going to call you away from those things at time because he knows they could become a danger to you. Mm. I think that's good, Greg. I just finished with this. Um, you know, God sees the whole, I mean, just sees the whole world, you know, in one sense of it's all his. And so whatever it is that you're pursuing or doing or multiple things that you're pursuing, if it's done because you really feel God's pleasure and that um, you enjoy doing it, you don't have to apologize for that or feel guilty about that, you know, and feel like, well, I wish, you know, if, if I was a missionary, if I was a pastor, if I, if I did do this, then God would, right? Well, God, I don't think would because he hasn't called you to that, right? Right. He's called you in to stay in your lane and to do that. And God doesn't love you more if you become a pastor or a missionary, right? And if you do that for the wrong reasons, that's one of the worst things you can ever do. Absolutely. And so God needs uh, people wherever God is, which is everywhere. And so to do that in any way, I think, and not see God limiting you because he's only in certain places is a healthy way to kind of recalibrate how we are to relate to the world that we live in in a way that I think is much more freeing and life-giving than just compartmentalizing and always wondering, is this, is this enough? Is this enough? Is this enough? 
if God's just given you some places to run in, run in those well for his glory and your joy, and you will be okay in the end. Yeah. Man, we're glad you hung out with us today. Uh, we uh, have enjoyed talking about this. You know, if you are ever struggling with these ideas, remind yourself God has infinite capacities. Turn those infinite yep. capacities toward you. Mm-hmm. And anything else, Ardy? I think that's it. As always, thank you for listening to Greg and I and hope to see you next time off stage. Thank you for listening today to Offstage. If you'd like to email us for topics or things you'd like to discuss on the podcast, please feel free to email us at offstage at fellowshipknox.org or you can find out more information about the podcast at offstage.fellowshipknox.org. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that anywhere you can get a podcast. You can subscribe and listen to it. It'll automatically come on your phone, on your tablet, wherever you subscribe to it. Leave us a review, uh, a rating that helps people be able to find the podcast. And so I'd love for you to do that. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.